Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. Yeah, there you go. And this is part two of our horror movie music tie-in for Halloween. If you're just tuning into this one and you didn't hear part one, go back one right now and listen to the one under this because I'm not going to talk it up. So you're (laughs) on your own. Go to part one and we'll see you on this one here in a little bit. But we're in part two here, Chris. And by the way, I meant to mention this on part one. Whoops. But if you are still craving massive Halloween music, go back two years ago to the Rock Strikes 10 feed. Oh, Oh, yeah. Pretty much all of the shows in October of 2011, I did like four or five Halloween-themed episodes. So go listen to all those. There's no repeats on this two-parter here. So it's all there for you to enjoy. And I'll plug that again at the end of the show. Right. But we're into the 90s, Chris, and I'm going to talk about a film series that I think we actually really like, at least to a certain degree. Uh, not from one of the better entries. <laughs> we kind of talked about that in the last one. You know, sometimes there's good songs on sequels that are just kind of okay. Yeah. And this is definitely no exception. But I'm going to talk about a song called Hellraiser oh, yeah. uh, by a band called Motorhead. And this ties into the movie Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Chris, do you have any memories of Hell on Earth? <laughs> yeah. I have one. Um, Hell on Earth wasn't the worst in the series. Oh, yeah, because they've done, like, what, nine of these things at least? Yeah, I, I lost track. I think I stopped watching after three. Okay, and here's another weird horror movie cliche. When did they go back in, when did they go into space? That, I don't know what number that was. They stopped numbering them. Why do so, they keep doing that? Yeah. Like, every series has done that. Yeah. Jason in space. Yeah. It's like... Leprechaun went into space, I think. Leprechaun in space. I understand Critters. Going back to me defending Critters. Right. Critters Part <laughs> 4 is in space, but, hey, they're from space. Yeah. But all this other stuff is dog shit. <laughs> like, space? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I was actually, like, Hellraiser 2... Yeah, is might be my well. Okay, I haven't seen the space one, so I can't. Okay, of the ones I've seen, <laughs> Hellraiser two is the worst. Hellbound is horrible. I hate it so much. You know what? But I think that's because I love the first one so much. The first one is still great. It's yeah. still a classic. It's yeah. still super dark. Yeah, and I love that it. it still looks. It looks still looks grainy and cheap. It was very low budget. Yeah, for it its looks time. dirty and gross. And yeah. you feel like you need a shower after you watch it. Yeah. It's but it's so good. I Hellraiser is one of the top horror films yeah. of all time. Yeah, like you it. need like a shower, like a puppy to cuddle with or something. Yeah, because you're just like creeped out and dirty. Yeah, I remember talking about it with someone that hadn't seen it before. I'm like, I, I can't even do this yeah. right now because I'm not in that frame of mind. Yeah. You know what? And you were talking about two. I've never ever watched two because I've never heard one single good thing about it's so it. So bad, it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I remember Hell on Earth. And the only thing I can remember from Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, yeah. is that somebody gets killed with a CD I to the head. I was about to mention that, yeah. <laughs> CD guy. That's when they started making the Cenobites just, like, goofy. Like, whatever happened to be. Because the, fir- the first one, the Cenobites were... They weren't, like, themed. They were just creepy, like, torture yeah. victims. Yeah. But then they got to... Yeah, they had to have they, some kind of weird thing. They turned into the sidekick minions, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. um, I've actually read, like, the novel that it was based on. I have it, The Hellbound Heart, and it's really close to the first one. It's pretty creepy. It's a good book. Okay. But let's just kick off the show in a very proper way here with Lemmy and the Boys. This is also on the March or Die record, which is a, a, actually a really good Motorhead record, but 
here's something interesting. Chris, this is a cover song that Lemmy wrote. So he's kind of covering it, hmm. but he wrote the song because it originally appeared on Ozzy Osbourne's album No More Tears in 1991. Huh. So, and Lemmy actually co-wrote a lot of the stuff on No More Tears, so I think he probably still gets pretty good royalties from that yeah. record because it was a big, big record. But isn't that weird that every na- every now and then you can find these, but it's a cover song, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> so here you go. And I gotta say, as much as I love Ozzy, I prefer this version, hand over fist, yeah. to the Ozzy version. So here you go. This is Motorhead with Hellraiser.
right, there you go. Kicking off the show just proper there. Motorhead with Hellraiser. And I actually have the Hellraiser 3 soundtrack. I, like, got it on clearance at, at a store a little while back. I had to pay the dollar for it. It's a weird soundtrack because it, it makes no sense. I mean, you got your Motorhead. Chris, also on, on the soundtrack is Ten Machine. Yes, David Bowie's Ten Machine is hmm. on there. You got House of Lords. Uh, Soup Dragons, which were like a early alternative Britpop yeah. band. Material Issue, another Britpop band. Electric Love Hogs, <laughs> like a band that was Here. supposed to be famous, never was. And Triumph, an huh. 80s Canadian power trio. Well, it makes probably about as much sense as the, what I remember in the movie. So. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. But there you go. Not a ringing endorsement for the soundtrack, but it's <laughs> or def- the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely random enough to yeah. to check out. But yeah, let's move on here from the Hellraiser series. We go into uh, you know, obviously I picked to sort of talk about this movie because of the song I'm going to play off of it. Uh-huh. But this isn't so much horror as it is just a complete tongue-in-cheek comedy. It led to something even greater than the movie itself. But talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Chris. Yeah, there's vampires in it, yeah. so it not qualifies it as in the horror genre. Yes. And But yeah, know, it's a comedy. Yeah, the comedy. And not really a great one. Yeah. Uh, of, of merit is that it's, I think, holds the record for longest on-screen death ever. Yeah, Paul Rubens. <laughs> yes, yeah. the Paul Rubens death. Like, through the credits, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it goes on after, and even after the yeah. credits finish rolling, I think, yeah. at a point, too, so. But yeah, yeah, it, it's it's tongue-in-cheek. It's, uh, of course, the the TV series, in my opinion, and I know Chris is that freaking owned. I yeah, mean, it's, it's Joss Whedon is phenomenal, and yeah. if he had his way, the movie probably would have been phenomenal, too, but it kind of gotten taken out of his hands. Yeah. But, and, and talking about the Hellraiser 3 soundtrack being weird, this is a freaking weird soundtrack. It it makes no sense, almost. But yeah. I guess within some of the uses of song in the film, it makes a little more sense. Right. But there is a true gem amongst some of the weirdness here. It's the one and only duet between the great Rob Halford of Judas Priest and Pantera. Hmm. So this happened, huh. and I... I think it's because Pantera actually opened Judas Priest's Painkiller Tour, and that's how they first met. So I, I know Rob became such a huge Pantera fan that he pretty much wound up kind of copying them on his first fight album, War of Words. I mean, it was completely Pantera-influenced. Yeah. And so, you know, I know he was definitely a fan. But this is such a cool, it's one of those great once-in-a-lifetime things, and it happened, of all places, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer that soundtrack. so weird. But it's a great song for the theme that we're doing here metal and horror movies for the most part yeah here. so here it is pantera with rob halford light comes out of black
All right, there you go. One of the great duets in metal history, Pantera and Rob Halford. Light comes out of black from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's so random. It's awesome, but as metal as that song is, the movie isn't. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. There's, it's a, there's an Ozzy song on there that that actually plays a pretty good role in the the, the final battle scene, the, like in the gym. The gym, or yeah, the prom. Yeah, yeah. Or so coming or whatever it was. That's about it. Weird soundtrack. There's a few gems on there, but yeah. that's that's the standout. And it's not much else to really say about yeah. the movie. But the TV yeah. series, damn yeah. it, man. And I do like how in the TV series they kind of mention like she burned down her school gym. Yeah. Is like what she all she ever says. Of, her previous uh, life in L.A., so they actually do kind of tie it together a little yeah. bit. So it's they don't dismiss it. It happened. Yeah. And the comic book, actually, the original Buffy comic series, they did touch on it a lot more because Pike was a uh, part of it, who is Luke Perry from the movie, So and he's in there too. So I like how they tie it together. Joss Whedon's good about keeping his universe together. Yeah, no revisionist history there. Yeah. All right, Chris, I'm going to give you a choice now that I never had. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about Interview with a Vampire. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the only time I could think of do a line, yeah. and I had to do it on that one. <laughs> right. But I, I like Interview with a Vampire. It's aged well, I think, and it, yeah, it's stylish and everything, but I, I do actually consider it a horror movie. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's vampires. Vampires, yeah. We, we just talked about it. <laughs> yeah, but it's it not, automatically it's, makes it part of the horror genre. It's not too cheesy. There's actually some good acting no, it's, in there. it's pretty good. And I remember like when it came out when I was younger, the, yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe that Tom Cruise is doing a horror movie, yeah. and I, I remember still like, God, I had, I remember, I used to come up from school, and my sister would be watching Oprah. She'd get home before me every single time. Okay. So Oprah, Oprah, every day. Yeah, that's and I walk, I walk in, and she's talking to Tom Cruise, and he's got his rock star hair because he just got done with the interview right. with the vampire. So I, I watched it. I'll admit it. Yeah, and she was like talk about how appalled she was at the movie while he's there like she's like right. the biggest kiss ass ever yeah and it's like the only time she probably never it was like oh yeah. it's just this i walked out on some of it and he was just like well you know yeah whatever <laughs> and it's just like uh but I, I don't know that's i think of that but uh, like i said i like the movie it's actually one of my favorite scores i still have the soundtrack yeah. and enjoy the score in there yeah and uh yeah i need to dig it up i actually just got them Blu-ray recently. Yeah, I mean, so it's I a great cast. It. I mean, Kirsten Dunst, I don't know if it was her first movie, but it, I think it was. It might have been, if not um, her, definitely her first yeah, big thing. Of course, Brad, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Antonio Brad, Banderas. Yeah. Um, Stephen yeah. Ray's in it. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt's still very new, yeah. quote-unquote, at this point. Christian Slater. Yeah. 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 So, he gets passed with me. It's in my favorite film of all time. Yeah. True romance. Yeah. So, it's Brad Pitt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, and I'm sure you know what we're going to go with here. Uh, as soon as the very end of the movie, which I won't spoil, but uh, uh, they figure out a way to get this in here. Uh, and, you know, it's a cool song. And, I, you know, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's such a crazy layered song that a lot of bands probably wouldn't have the balls to cover it. Yeah. But if any band had balls, it was definitely Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So, here you go. Actually, the last, uh, the last gasp before the band like kind of just went into hiding completely this is the last thing they ever recorded so here you go this is of course a cover of the rolling stone sympathy for the devil by guns and roses
allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many men's soul and faith. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Me, damn sure the pilot. Washed his hands and sealed his fate. <laughs> <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. Oh, yeah. But what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. I stuck around St. Petersburg. When I saw it was a time for a change I killed the Tsar and his ministers And a stage screamed in vain I rode a tank, held a general's ring When the blitzkrieg rained and the bodies stank
All right, there you go. A little Sympathy for the Devil by Guns N' Roses from Interview with the Vampire, the Vampire Chronicles. Right, that's the that's the official Anne Rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually read. I haven't read all of them, but I've read that one, and it's it's pretty. I mean, they're pretty identical, honestly. It's it's a good book. Why well, have uh, you know? I I realized that there was a quote unquote sequel, but why that? <laughs> Oh I mean, yeah, Queen of the Damned. Oh yeah, that was like one of the later. I mean, I haven't read that, but right, that was yeah. I don't know about that movie. Why not? I mean, you know, they kind of leave you know the movie open. Yeah, where's the sequel? Like, I really there, wanted one. Yeah, wasn't like Dracula two thousand? Didn't that have Lestat in it? Oh, maybe. I don't remember now. Oh, oh, Dracula two thousand is so horrible, <laughs> maybe so I'm, bad. Shame on you, maybe Chris, I'm for getting bringing my up. like movies confused. No, it was Queen of the. No, I'm getting them all confused. Yeah, but that but, was a really yeah. That's that bad. was a bad time for yeah. horror. Early two yeah. thousands. We'll get to that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. That's all right. But before we do, uh, not that these are really any better, but there's a couple of songs from a couple of different movies based off of the same series. We're going to talk about a little tales from the crypt here, Chris. All right. And I gotta say. Love my Tales from the Crypt. Not big fan of my Tales from the Crypt movies. <laughs> um. Well, we'll, we'll let's see what order you go in because I'll defend one and I won't the other. Okay. So but Demon I, Knight. I agree. Basis the series amazing. Yeah. I love it so much. It it was a big part of my childhood. Like yeah. some of those shows are like stamped into my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. The Morton Downey Jr. one. That's is, the one I remember the most. I always too. go to man. The Morton Downey Jr. was so great. Good. <laughs> and there were so many like Star- huge stars in that yeah. series. Joe so. Pesci. Yeah. Uh, I, another one that I remember a lot is the uh, the Christmas one with the the evil Santa Claus killer. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I, you know, I I started to pick these up finally on DVD, yeah. so I need to watch them all. But uh, you know, that that that's a series on DVD that you don't really find a lot secondhand because anyone's buying them is hanging on yeah. to them for good reason. But. Uh, they had a couple of movies. Why not try the movie game, right? Right. So Demon Knight is the first one of the series, Chris. This um, is the one I will defend. I like Demon Knight a lot. Billy Zane, I think, is great in it. He's it, he's over the top. Not over the top, but he's comedic, but very dry. Right. But he's creepy while he's doing it. I think Billy Zane is a very underrated actor. I, I really like everything No, he's I've good. Yeah, he's good. And, you know, of course, he's the villain in Titanic. He's in yeah. the, like, biggest movie of all yeah. time yeah so and the first time I ever saw him was in Back to the Future so yeah <laughs> he's one of uh, Biff's guys but no I, I I really like Demon Knight quite a bit I'll watch it I, I don't watch it yearly but I have it and I'll watch it every once in a while yeah. isn't Jada Pinkett in yeah. that movie yeah that, that's I don't remember anything about this movie I know I've seen really? it I love the soundtrack well, I can set it up for you I mean Hit just me. real quick uh, there's a guy the Demon Knight who is yeah. like a demon hunter okay. and he's got this vial of well, I don't want to say what that is because you okay. find out during the course of the movie. But he's got this this uh, vial that's a cross that protects him from the demons. Billy Zane is the demon. He's coming to kill this the last demon knight, and it's basically their hold up in this. I think it's a motel with all these people who have no idea what's going on, and he's just trying to fight them off. And okay. Billy Zane like raises up these demons and attacks the house, and just lots of gore and. All right. That's basically all you need to know. Demons and gore. I love demons. I found that out yeah. by doing these two shows. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but like I said, uh, I could talk about. The, I could talk up the soundtrack for sure. Great soundtrack. Uh, a nice snapshot of early '90s metal. Quality metal. You got your Biohazard, your Megadeth, your Pantera's. The most overused song by Filter, "Hey Man, Nice Shot," which oh. was in like a thousand movies. Oh yeah, put it more like like on half that one. the movie trailers you go to watch, especially during this time. 
Hey man, nice shot, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I was trying to avoid that, but <laughs> uh, we're going to play a nice little nugget off of here. One of my favorite bands ever. Uh, I know Randy Brown hosts the Synaptic. There's another plug for the Synaptic. Big fan of this band. And uh, so here you go. This one's for you, Randy. This is Instant Larry by the Melvins. <laughs>
Alright, there you go. Off of the Demon Knight soundtrack, that was Instant Larry by the Melvins. So, I guess uh, we'll get into this right away here. If you're, if you haven't seen any of the Tales from the Crypt movies, which I know they have them like double featured now, like as two for ones yeah. on DVD and Blu-ray and stuff. But uh, stick to your Demon Knight. Not so much your Bordello of Blood. That's not. A, I can't really defend that one. No, I mean it's it, it's a weird cast too. It's Dennis Miller, Angie Everhart, and Corey Feldman. Yeah. So, I don't even remember it that well. I remember yeah. it's like it's a, it's, it's an underground pr- bordello or something like yeah. yeah. But they're vampires. Yeah. And there's a local preacher. Uh, blah, blah blah. Yeah. And then like I don't know how they figure it out, but it's it's not very good. <laughs> it's not good. I own it, but it's not good. I yeah. own a lot of not good movies. Yeah, that's so. all right. That's uh. Yeah, that that's why we're friends because we're like, why why do I have this? Yeah. But I don't I'll know. St- but then I'll be like, uh, it's been like a few years since I watched it, and I watched it again. It's like, oh yeah, that's why I don't like it. Yeah. back on maybe, the shelf. Maybe it's gotten better. Yeah, <laughs> I do that a lot actually. <laughs> all right, but Bordello Blood, not much to say. But I gotta say, if there is something good that came out of it, it's the theme song, because how can you not love some Anthrax? I know myself and Chris, especially we defend that John Bush era quite a bit. Yeah. So, here you go. Anthrax, Bordello of Blood, I give to you now.
Alright, there you go. That was the great anthrax of Bordello of Blood. I'm assuming they recorded it specifically for the film. I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about weird soundtracks? That one's weird because it has like random classic rock songs on it for no reason. The only other thing on that soundtrack that I could recommend, especially to people who would listen to this show, is they actually do put Red Cross's version of Kiss's Deuce on there. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of for no reason, too, but yeah. hey, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but moving on from Bordell of Blood and all that stuff, a film that we really love, actually. This one goes into 1996. You mentioned uh, your dad earlier in the show, Chris. Mm-hmm. I, I have it on pretty good authority. This is one of his favorite, if not his favorite movies of all uh, time, yeah, from yeah, Dusk at, Till at Dawn. Point, yeah, at one point it was. Yeah, so I love From Dusk Till Dawn, and you're saying... If you haven't seen it, you're like, is that a horror movie? Kind of is. It, well, but yeah, it, it really takes is. a while. It's it's one of those weird movies that transitions from like a Quentin Tarantino kind of um, crime movie into full-out horror. Yeah. And he had been sitting on this. This is one of those movies that he wouldn't have been able to make otherwise until he got famous because I, yeah. I happen to know as fact that he wrote this film really early on in his career. Matter of fact, from what I understand, and according to himself and John Travolta, mm-hmm. this is the movie he pitched to Travolta before Pulp Fiction. Oh, really? Like, he's like, I don't know about this, Quentin. Like, yeah. you know, if you try to explain the plot, and I really don't want to give it away too much if you haven't seen it, because it's still one of those movies that a lot of people haven't seen. That surprises me, but I guess so. Yeah, I mean, even though you got your George Clooney and Tarantino factor. Yeah, Robert great, Rodriguez directed. Robert, great Robert Rodriguez and uh, I still think it's weird that you know I get it but Harvey Keitel is top build yeah oh well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the freaking I, it's the George Clooney show though that, man yeah it is but yeah. Harvey was the biggest name at that point right. I, I totally understand right. but and I still don't understand why this movie isn't on Quentin Tarantino's box set even though he didn't direct it he didn't direct True Romance either and it's on True. there yeah. it should be on there He's, it's I agree so much and I heard he like basically co-directed the movie anyway. yeah I, yeah but anyway, all that being said, if you haven't seen this movie, it's one of our higher recommendations, I would say. If oh, you've yeah, never you seen have it. to watch it. But uh, it's a really cool soundtrack. It's It takes place, actually, in, like, mid-Texas. Like, they, they they even mentioned Abilene, a city I grew up yeah. in, as being part of the crime spree. A part of it takes place, yeah, there. Yeah, uh, but they've, they've gone out of there, but just, you know, it's kind of in BF, Texas somewhere. Yeah. And they're trying to get to the border. Right. And that's the plot, basically. But there's a lot of Texas music on here. You got your Stevie Ray Vaughns and ZZ Tops. Uh, love me some ZZ Top. Uh, but a really cool song from a really cool band that is, uh, you talk about underrated, this band, The Blasters from California. Such a great band. And they kick off the movie in such a beautiful way with this song. Yeah. So here you go. This is The Blasters with Dark Knight. Like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night
Blasters with Dark Knight from the From Dust Till Dawn soundtrack. I will never be accused of being any kind of Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, right? But even though he's got two songs on it, I still recommend the soundtrack. And the more background his songs they're kind of playing because at yeah. one point in the movie, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you I said it before we listen to the song, but you have to watch the movie. Cheech Marin is in it oh. like multiple times. Yeah, um, Danny Trejo, uh, Salma Hayek in a very yes. memorable scene. Very memorable scene yeah. for Salma. Probably her best role. Juliet no, Lewis. Juliet Lewis. You know, actually, I'm going to go back and say that my favorite Salma is probably Dogma. But it's close. It's it's neck and neck. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, but uh, uh, the great Tom Savini, man. Yeah. Jim Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, just, just watch the movie. Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Moving on here. we got a few more to go here, Chris. Uh, I, I was actually lucky enough to meet the writer, director, and star of this film uh, while he was doing some promos throughout the country just happened to stop in for a show at the Canyon Club. I've mentioned this on a past show at Concert Memory, so if you want to hear that story, go back and listen to it. But D. Snyder, the great D. Snyder, massive horror movie fan, yeah. and he finally decided to do one for himself. And 
the results, I think the results are actually pretty good. Is it one of the best horror movies ever? No. But, you know, you know, I got for a first time, I think he did a pretty good job, you know? And so I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And, you know, I got to say, love it or hate it, and I know you're not a big fan of this particular sub-horror genre, Chris, Mm -hmm. but, you know, a very early entry in the whole torture series. uh, Yeah. It's become... Well, it had become a big thing, especially at, by the end of the early 2000s. I think you know. the reason I say I don't like the genre is because the genre, that particular subgenre, is dominated by Hostel and Saw, and the mo- these movies are horrible. You They're can't terrible. even defend the first Saw? Really? The first one, yeah. Everything after that, no. Okay. No, I, I I get not being yeah. down with the Saw sequels. I totally get yeah. that, but I still think I still think every the first single one. Hostel is terrible. Uh, the Hostel, I I I, I like. I, I'm sorry, I, I, li- I like no. the two Hostel movies. I they, I mean, I will no. say, man, even if you even if we we still disagree on Eli Roth to this day, yeah. I like Eli, and I know you're not Cab- a fan. Cabin Fever is god terrible, horrible. It's 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 <laughs> no. But uh, the fact that people like it makes me like it less because it's so bad. <laughs> it's so random. His comedy is stupid. <laughs> so say like your favorite Eli Roth moment is probably in uh, what is it, Southland Tales? Yeah, I won't give it away. Right. But yeah, okay, that, I was about to say it. <laughs> um, you like? I think you felt justified in your ticket. Yeah, <laughs> just because of I that could, part. <laughs> I could hang out with Eli Roth. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah, and we could talk movies all night. But yeah. I think his style of film is. It's just not my thing. And I understand. The, I mean, Cabin Fever and the kid that says pancakes and does karate. I really <laughs> Cabin Fever is not great. Yeah, I think mainly the reason I didn't hate it as much is because I actually knew some of the people. Not personally, but I, yeah. I recognized some of the. There was a couple of people from Detroit Rock City in it. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know, so I tried to. I, maybe I clinged on to that yeah. kind of stuff, but. Yeah, I don't know why I liked the Hostel movies. I don't know, it's but I, I did. I did. The point where like the they cut the eye out with the scissors is where I was just like, no, this is this is yeah. stupid. I did feel terribly uncomfortable in Hostel Two during uh, one of the death scenes. I guess I can't mention it, but man, it made me feel so uneasy. But yeah. maybe that, but that's what it's supposed to do. So it did its job. Yeah, but he does it in a comedic way. He doesn't do it in a horror way. He does it well, in a comedy way. Well, not in some of that stuff in Hostel. Some of that stuff yeah. in Hostel too. He mixes pretty it. fucking brutal. He mixes the comedy and such. Anyway, we're getting way off. No, the ending is yeah. pure comedy, yeah. which I liked. I remember you looking at me in such disgust when I told you I liked the ending <laughs> of Hostel too. Because yeah. it was it's like, why wouldn't you do that? Okay. All right. Anyway, where were we? What were we talking about? We're talking about uh, Strange Land okay. by D. Snyder. So let's say there you go. I mentioned some. Like, maybe get some low barometer here. Yeah. Chris, do you have a lot of memory of Strange Land? Not at this really. Point? No. Okay. Well, I think it's interesting because, and also uh, probably a reason I will de- obviously I'll defend it because it's D. But it's interesting because he based this entire storyline for this movie off of a two-parter song from the Stay Hungry album called mm-hmm. Horataria which uh, starts off with the song Captain Howdy and I was, goes into the film yeah. Street Justice. I was going to mention that. Captain Howdy is one of my favorite songs of, of Twisted Sisters because I know, I mean, it's from The Exorcist because um, yeah. uh, um, Reagan calls her friend as Captain Howdy. Yeah, on the Ouija so, board. Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, great tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, yeah, it's based off of those two songs. And Stay Hungry is in my top 20 of all time. Easy. Yeah. So I was really excited that this was going to be a visual thing now because 
those two songs are so visual. Right. It's it's, it's crazy. I mean, it, it definitely. He should have gotten those films optioned right away. Maybe have somebody else do it at that point. But yeah. it, still, the fact that he did it on his own and you know it was very hundred uh, percent independent. And I, I feel bad that he never really got the sequel off the ground because he tried for years to do it. I yeah. guess I guess it just keep kept falling apart. But you know, I, I think you could do a lot worse than Strangeland. Yeah. Uh, and Dee's really good in it for a guy who's not an actor. Right. And he's very believable as Captain Howdy. Uh, this is very early internet. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like, uh, that, uh, yeah. you know, what was it? The, to Catch a Predator. Yeah. It, it's so, like, uh, that's that's why To Catch a Predator exists. Not because of Strangeland, <laughs> right. but the plot in itself. <laughs> yeah. He ropes people in on the internet. And it's right. really one of the first movies to tackle that. So I think Strangeland deserves a lot of credit. Like I said, love it or hate it, for the internet horror genre and the torture horror genre that is of this modern time. Yeah. I think it'll history will prove that it's going to be one of the better ones. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but here you go to represent this movie, and I think it's a really solid soundtrack. There's there's a few uh, songs on the soundtrack, but overall, this thing kills. Yeah. Megadeth, Pantera, Anthrax, you know all that good stuff. Uh, you got uh, a couple of different bands covering the Horataria songs, mm. which is interesting. They're not great versions. Yeah, they're definitely more. Of the time, that right. late '90s horrible, like days of the new kind of sound, yeah. stained all that shit. So the covers, I think, are the weakest things about the song, but sticking out there and uh, is the theme song to Strangeland called "In Conclusion," and it's strictly by D. Snyder. So here you go, enjoy this.
All right, there you go from 1998 Strangeland, which I have a very nice soundtrack uh, of that autograph by D. Snyder there. That's in conclusion. I hope you enjoyed that. I think that's a really cool undiscovered song of D's canon for sure. Yeah. So yeah, and talking about the torture porn just real quick. I mean, see, I don't like that the name torture porn because yeah. it, it's indicative of that's why I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, it's all like it has no artistic merit to it. I like a story with my. I don't have no problem with gore. You know that. Yeah. Um, and even some of like, I don't know if you know, like the guinea pig movies in Japan, which is like the flower of flesh and blood. And it was a lot of those movies that were like mistaken for like actual snuff films. And I've seen some of really? those and they're not, they're not good. It's just torture for torture's sake. So I yeah. think that's where that whole thing actually yeah. started. It's not, it's definitely nothing I really go to a lot. Yeah. Uh, and there's still a lot of stuff from some of this modern times that I really need to watch. Right. And we're going to discuss that at the end of the show, actually, a little bit more. But this is going to be interesting, I think, because uh, talking about D. Snyder just now, a, a guy who definitely made his living in heavy metal, uh, Rob Zombie, another guy yeah. who was... I mean, I think people were literally screaming at him to make a horror movie at <laughs> right. some point because he had been directing all of those white zombie yeah. videos, and they're like, "You have an interesting eye, sir." Yeah. I mean, he went from like kind of like, I mean, Rob Zombie is just a nice blender of everything from the '70s and even like late '60s. Yeah. But he takes equal influence from like the Monkees and Russ Damn Meyer right. and Alice Cooper and you know yeah. obvious stuff, John Carpenter. And he just puts it all into this thing, and, and out comes whatever sometimes. Yeah. And when he finally, I remember for years, like reading in like Metal Edge magazine, like Rob's gonna make a movie. Rob's gonna make a movie. What's it gonna be? It turned into like he was gonna do one of the Crow sequels, and I'm like, really? oh man, because yeah. you know how that second Crow movie that was, yeah, not good. Iggy Pop was in it. But... Iggy's in it, and he's terrible in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is some of the worst dialogue I might have yeah. ever heard ever. There was comes out of Iggy's yeah, mouth. Yeah, I saw the Crow second too. one. Um, we saw it in the theater, yeah. and we were just kind of like. You, you have that moment. You paid a ticket to see a movie, yeah. and you're like, ah, "Yes, all right." <laughs> that high pitch yeah. uh, thing you kid yourself, you and then like yeah. about a week later, you're like, "What a piece of shit that was." <laughs> there was another one. I think uh, David Boreanaz was he in one of the Crow movies? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen any of those sequels. Uh, Furlong did one, yeah. but he was gonna do like the third or fourth one. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh God, no." I mean, maybe he could make it good, but you know what? This is a dead series, my friend. Yeah. I'm sorry to say it. I know how much we love the original, especially you. Yeah, the first one's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, it's it's still great, still holds up, but uh, Rob finally gets around to doing a movie, and it's one that he's going to write and direct. He's yeah. not going to be in it. His wife's going to be in it. But, yeah, for uh, better or for worse. For better or for worse. Uh, but I've been hearing so much about House of a Thousand Corpses, and took another year or so for yeah. it to even come out after it was filmed because I remember him going on Howard Stern literally like as the deal went down saying well we shot it on the Universal lot Universal absolutely hated it after mm -hmm. the test screening and was refusing to release it and I'm trying to buy the movie back yeah. it got held up for a long time yeah, what better publicity can you get than the studio hates it you know, yeah. for a yeah. horror movie yeah, they filmed it like I think like a block down from the, the Norman Bates yeah. Hotel, you know, like on the lot. Yeah. So it's a very colorful looking movie, House of a Thousand Corpses. It is. It's very stylized. It's. I mean, it's basically it's an homage to like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I mean, it's that kind of movie where yeah. like it's really similar. Yeah, the Backwoods Family. Yeah. And 
I gotta say, you know, I, I really, I really do like House of a Thousand Corpses, but and maybe I am giving this a, a Rob Zombie pass, like you know, because I was such a fan of his music yeah. and still am. Now I realize I'm giving it kind of that because it breaks one of my cardinal sins of horror, which is of I don't believe in my heart of hearts there are any sympathetic characters in this movie. Yeah, that's one thing that you have to have, in my opinion, for a horror movie to work emotionally. And I'm talking emotion and story in yeah. horror movies, which people well, are probably going to laugh at me for that. Yeah. But to make a good movie of any kind, you have to have a sympathetic character because they're, it's not scary if you don't care what happens to these people. Yeah. You you're need just, that tension of just a I, witness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there weren't really any, nobody in there was really sympathetic. Yeah, they were all kind of pieces of shit. Like, yeah. like, I don't know if, if they were planning on Chris Hardwick's character being the sympathy guy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or like Rain he was Wilson. The most, I can't even yeah. tell which one of those is supposed to be the nice one. I, yeah, I have to watch again. I, I want to say Chris Hardwick was, but yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but there's, they're, they're both kind of like, eh, yeah. you know. And the girls are horrible people. Yeah. They're just, just, there's nothing good in their <laughs> right. soul. They're just jerks. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all jerks. Yeah. And so you're just watching evil people kill jerks. <laughs> yeah. So, which, which, which gave birth to a great Showtime series called Dexter. You know, right. like, you know, it's yeah, well, like, oh, we'll root for the bad guy Dexter's as long as... sympathetic. Well, he is, but I'm just saying, like... And his sister. Yeah, you got yeah. you got bad people killing jerks. Yeah. Uh, and that's modern horror. But at least, yeah. I, I, at least Rob, you know, put some titties and lasers in it and, <laughs> and made it watchable, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. my generic. <laughs> I, um, I don't I, think that's actually any real... Like like tasteful nudity in the house with thousands there's of corpses. Some, yeah. There's there's nudity on corpses, I think, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. But it's I I enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. And, yeah. and if there's a standout, it's freaking. I mean, Bill Mosley's great in it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And he's very good at what he does, and he always has been good at what he does. But right. Sid Haig oh, yeah. runs away Captain with that Spalding, freaking movie. Yeah. And it's one of those cases, it's almost like, uh, I'm going to a weird reference here, but hey, it kind of ties in because Rick Baker did the makeup for American Werewolf in London mm-hmm. and the effects. It's exactly what they did in Nutty Professor 1 and 2, the Eddie Murphy. <laughs> right. Like, you know how everybody loved the family in the first yeah. one? And then the second one was like all about them? Yeah. Like, I was really scared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was really scared when they did Devil's Rejects when Sid Haig was going to be in a lot of it. Yeah. And I thought it was going to take away from the character and make it not as fun. But yeah. they actually managed to keep it good I, uh, in the second one. It's, it's not really a horror. No. It's, but it, I might, I think I like it better than House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, by, I think Devil's Rejects by a mile is yeah. the better movie. Yeah. And it's weird, yeah, because I wasn't going to really talk about it too much. It's not a horror movie. It's yeah. a road crime movie. Yeah. And it's very realistic looking. And there's some horrific things in it. Yeah, there's some very horrific things in it. It's really, and you talk about a movie you want to take a shower after. Yeah, right. That's definitely one of them. Yeah. Because it's just a, one of the dirtiest freaking movies you'll ever yeah. get to see. Great soundtrack. Really good acting, actually. Yeah. The writing's actually good. Great stunt 70s casting, but it's not distracting. Yeah, it's yeah. not like Halloween distracting. <sighs> don't if you don't <laughs> not could be started on the Halloween remake. Hate it, hate it, hate yeah. it. So as much as I love the first two Rob Zombie movies, yeah. I equally hate the two Halloween movies yeah. he did. But that being said, getting back to House of a Thousand Corpses, Chris. Uh yeah. It's it's entertaining enough to where I can let the jerk thing slide a little bit. Yeah. So that being said, we're going to enjoy a song off of the House of a Thousand Corpses soundtrack. Not the theme song, Chris. Not the Brick House cover. We're going to do this one, Chris. We're going to do Everybody Scream. Everybody Scream. 
right, there you go. From House with Thousand Corpses, that was Everybody's Scream, which was used during the very beginning of House with Thousand Corpses as the theme to the horror movie channel show called Dr. Wolfenstein's like oh, Terror okay. Show or yeah. something, which is setting it up to advertise Captain Spaulding's fried chicken and gasoline right, yeah. <laughs> horror museum madman yeah. thing, which yeah. is great. And there's like a on-hand a replication of that madman museum ride uh-huh. because Rob just did like kind of a, a, sta- a standalone festival like out somewhere in California, like in the desert or some shit. Mm-hmm. And it was like two weeks of like shows and cool. and haunted house and that's the haunted house. It's like man, <laughs> that's I awesome. would I would love to be down there for that because yeah. they had tons of bands that there it was like him and Eagles of Death Metal and Power Man as nice. his little brother. Uh, man, would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, it's cool. Anyway, maybe 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 he'll do it next year. We can all go. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I I didn't even get to see Lords of Salem this year, Chris. I'm yeah, behind. Me neither. Are we that scarred by the Halloween remakes that we kind of are tiptoeing back to him? I or? think it is. He's only 50% in my eyes of what I've seen, and yeah. the ones I don't like, I really don't like. So yeah. I'm going to say this one's going to be in the middle, but I actually, I still really want to see it. So. Yeah. I still, I mean, I like Rob Zombie, and he has the career that I want to have. Yeah. Like, <laughs> rock god, and then, like, horror movie director. Yeah. But... He's buddies with the bigs. Yeah. You know, but... We'll yeah. see. I'll see it eventually. All right. But yeah, definitely watch House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects in that order, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because you have to. Yeah. And they're so different. Yeah. I mean, if there's if there's a original and a sequel that... Well, it's like we were talking about on the last episode, Alien and Aliens. Yeah. There you go. So different. <laughs> All right. We got two more to go here, Chris. Uh, stuff you won't be expecting, I think, but I think this is what we do on Rock Strikes 10, and, and wouldn't have it any other way. One of... Uh, I think it's safe to say I've been saying this a little bit here on both parts, but one of my favorite movies of all time, and Chris, uh, you know, I think you're probably going to agree with me here, is a little film called Shaun of the Dead from 2004. I've seen this movie countless times. That's another one I can recite the dialogue to. Um, all the little uh, homages and little tidbits that they put in there. I'm pretty sure I've gotten like 80-90% of them. I'm sure there's still stuff they throw in there that I don't know. But Yeah, because it's like... And just Edgar Wright, uh, after Tarantino, I think is the best director, writer guy to really put like pop culture and make it almost a character. In yeah, his movies, and he's he has a very unique style. Like you can tell, it's an Edgar Wright movie. And this is like all of his shit. All of his references are like like you know this is an overused term, but these are totally all in our wheelhouse. Especially yeah. you. I just see the embodiment of you in every <laughs> yeah. Edgar Wright movie. <laughs> yeah. And I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds and writing your life story here, Chris. But freaking Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess Hot Fuzz is maybe ours. Yeah. Uh, to share there. I think but, you're more Bad Boys 2. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> point Break. Point Break, my point friend. Point Break, there you go. Bad All Boys right. 1. I'm sorry, but Bad Boys 1 is owning over its sequel. Yeah. But Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, these movies are crisp. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim was the video game one, and I got most of the references in that, probably. Yeah. And This is all um, you, man. Yeah. Edgar, Edgar Wright is your movie spirit and animal. And the end of the world, and, uh, I yeah. mean, the, the, hor- the sci-fi aspect so yeah that that whole they call it well there's a lot of different names for it the cornetto trilogy or yeah. the um with blood and ice cream trilogy or whatever you want to call it yeah like all three of those movies are so great but i think sean man i don't know the new one is really good mm. but sean of the dead is probably still going to go down as my favorite it's so good yeah the same way like you know once again talking about tarantino he's still 
makes good movies in my opinion really good watchable yeah. movies but it's always going to be like Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs you know right yeah, those are the those are the ones. And for me it's Pulp Fiction actually. Yeah. But yeah, Shaun of the Dead is just it's but, so good. Yeah, you have to you almost have to have seen Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead and what else? Like fifty times plus to to really get everything. Yeah. But, but it's still enjoyable even without yeah, it. Yeah, even like he makes reference to like Italian horror movies like Zombie. Because um, yeah. Argento's is the name of the restaurant that he is going to make the reservation for him <laughs> yeah. and his girlfriend for. Um, Foree Electric is the place where he works, and that Ken Foree, who was the guy from uh, Dawn of the Dead. You're blowing um, my mind here. <laughs> I didn't even notice the Ken Foree reference. Yeah. Holy crap, I love that guy, yeah, by the way. He was a, in Devil's Rejects also. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that in there. Oh and my god. Being such a huge... Because I do love zombie movies. Yeah. Unfortunately, my zombie movie fandom has waned in the last few years because of the glut of horrible zombie movies that have come out. Well, yeah, it's like... But, I remember you've been into zombie movies ever since I've known you, Chris. Yeah. I've known you for damn near 20 years yeah. now. And now all of a sudden it's like zombie fever in, in yeah. mainstream culture. And I just still think that's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I never, ever thought that would be a thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't even... I thought I thought vampires would have a little bit of a run, and it right. did. Yeah. But zombies is just the thing now. Yeah. Kids love zombies yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is going on, yeah. man? There's still some good stuff. Walking Dead is amazing. The comics oh, and yeah. the show. Yeah, and that's definitely movie. part of what will be looked to as the thing that really helped zombies become a yeah. mainstream thing. But yeah. Shaun of the Dead, no slouch yeah. in yeah. getting it there. Shaun of the Dead, it's just so smart. And if yeah. you watch the movie a thousand times like I have, you see how he... Not just his like references and his pop culture, but the way he ties his own movie together from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and references himself to tie the whole thing together like countless times throughout the movie. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, I'm not going to go through all of it, but it's it's really cool to watch. Uh, but on the music end here, I actually and this is a definitely a sacred list for me because I'm such a I'm such a movie guy. I mean, you know, Chris must be to shame, but I like to consider myself a pretty big movie fan. Uh, movie soundtracks, yeah, you know, I'm very picky about. I will put Shaun of the Dead in my top ten film soundtracks of all time. It's Easy. really cool, yeah. And it's hard to get, but it's worth it if you can track it down. It was import only as a physical copy. Really? I don't, I don't know if it's... Yeah, it's never been officially released in the States. Hmm. But, uh, I mean, Hot Fuzz was. And that's a great soundtrack, too, yeah. by the way. But getting back to Shaun of the Dead, you need to have the soundtrack. And the cool thing about it is, like all these Edgar Wright movies, I've noticed the dialogue kind of intros and outros the tracks, so you follow the story. Yeah. And it's just really well done. The variety of music on there is great. It definitely has a British lean into it. But I gotta say, Chris, I went to go see Shaun of the Dead in the theater twice, which is probably less than you. But I how many times, maybe, yeah. yeah but uh, the first time when the lights went down and the, the the credits start to roll, and I hear this song, and I go, "I'm gonna be okay." <laughs> you know, this is. I'm, I was pretty sure I was gonna like the movie. Yeah. But music's a big thing for me. And the movie kicks off with this, so I think I'm glad you requested this one as well because it's greatness. And I love this band. I need more of an excuse to play them on the show. So here you go. This is The Specials with Ghost Town.
There you go. A band that myself and Chris have had the pleasure of seeing twice oh, in yeah. concert. The the great, the legendary specials. There you go. That was Ghost Town. Uh, go pick up, especially the first two specials records. They're amazing. And I think Ghost Town is actually a single only, but you can catch it on any best of the specials worth its weight in anything. Yeah. And, of course, on the Shaun of the Dead soundtrack. So... There you go. Hope you enjoyed that. And good God, man, if you haven't seen the Edgar Wright movies, all of them, just just do yourself you a them, yeah. favor. And uh, even the uh, Don't trailer from Grindhouse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which everybody from Shaun of the Dead is in that. Thing, yeah, so. yeah, and that's he's he has his own stable of actors that he uses repeatedly, and yeah. you can see like in all three of those movies, he's used like a lot of the same people, even some of the incidental characters. Yeah, even uh, people that had a little bit of a name before this. Yeah, uh, are. I think in everything. Martin Freeman always has little roles in the, yeah. in the early ones. Yeah. Bill Nye's Bill and Nye's in all three of them, yeah. Yeah, it's so cool, man. Yeah. Anyway, all right, moving on. Oh, well, he's going to be doing Ant-Man, by the way. He's going to be pulled into the Marvel franchise. So. I heard about that. So and cool. I'm what so a, happy about what that. What a smart get on their yeah. part to bring him in there. I'm super pumped, because if you can't tell, I'm a comic book guy, too. Yeah, why don't they just, why don't they just bring all the other, uh, one of our favorite, you know, our favorite fringe directors in there. Bring in Quentin and uh, Rob Zombie. What's uh, Rob going to direct? Rob would do, like, maybe, like, the man thing. <laughs> Something like that. That's like the Marvel version of Swamp Thing. Gotcha. Okay. All right, we'll move it on here, Chris. Last song of the night. It's I think might maybe surprise you, but if you've seen it, you're like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, this is a song that has had, like, three different lives for me. Like or at least, you know, as far as it being a popular song. When it came out, it was definitely a college radio favorite, and then it was used as a theme song in a movie from the early 90s that have nothing, has nothing to do with horror. But then all of a sudden, it gets re-resurrected yet again, and we're going to get into a little topic about remakes, Chris. Huh? So, I met Derek Mears at Same Set HorrorCon a few years ago. Derek Mears is the guy that plays Jason currently and hopefully in many more sequels. Yeah. I would like that, because the Friday the 13th remake from 2009, I think, is one of the best remakes. Because, tell me that that movie, that the only other Friday the 13th movie that's better than it, is really the first one. That's I, better? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I defend four, yeah, but I can't honestly say that... As a, yeah, huh. alright. I mean, some of... I think, yeah, right, four is really good. Um, I, there's moments in a lot of the other ones that I like. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you're right. Probably, yeah. You know, I love six. Yeah, but you know, come yeah, on, right? <laughs> I can't totally defend it. Yeah, but I love the Friday the Thirteenth remake. I got the the first thing I said when I walked up to Derek Mears. I said, you know what? I hate remakes, and he had this weird <laughs> look on his face. I was like, but yours is, I recommend it. Like, yeah. I I think it's great. And he goes, dude, everybody that worked on that movie loves Friday the 13th yeah. and we wanted it we didn't want it to be a bad remake because there's right. so many yeah. it's like I won't say what they are you know yeah. he's like but there are some bad ones out there he goes it was very important to us that we made something that we could actually be proud of right and trust me everybody was a fan yeah I'm like that's awesome and yeah. it shows and it was yeah and they paid enough homage to the original I mean yeah. like because he wore the bag on his head towards the beginning and then he gets the yeah. hockey mask at some point and the thing that scared yeah. me about it when it got announced was those those, the, the, that sentence I never want to hear from producer Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which used to be a fun thing for me. Yeah. And then it just became a really, really bad thing. Yeah. 
but it still worked. Yeah. Even Tarantino was attached to it at one point. Was he? Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I'm gonna keep referencing Quentin. I freaking love Quentin. Um anyway, remakes. That one and Dawn of the Dead from two thousand four. Which Yeah. It was it was really different, but yeah, it was good. I mean I don't know anybody that loves that movie more than us. Yeah. The original from nineteen seventy nine. Right. Dawn of the Dead it's just tops with me. Yeah. If there's a t- if I give out ten stars, that's pr- that's get get one. Right. Love it, love it, love it. Um, we the, went to go see it in the theater. Yeah. The the, the remake. Yeah. I'm talking about, and we went in with our fists up. You know, we were ready <laughs> to fight this thing. Right. I've I've kind of backed off of like hate and hating a remake before I see it, um, and that was actually probably one of the reasons is because yeah. Dawn was good. Um, Night of the Living Dead, the remake was good. The one from 1990 with yeah. Tony Todd, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's very watchable. Yeah, it's 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 by the original script. Right. It just it just happens to be in color. Yeah, it's <laughs> about it with better effects. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course, I would hope so. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like that Dawn of the Dead remake. It's not as good as the original, but yeah. it's damn it's damn watchable. And there's enough differences about and it's it. It's different. They they modernize it enough because the woman plays a stronger part instead of like a catatonic state on the couch for the yeah. whole time. So. Yeah. Although I met Gail. From the original, she yeah. was very nice to me, yeah. and I told her that she looked better than than she did in the the movie, <laughs> and she cool. she really liked me saying that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that all being said, uh, is there a better opening sequence in any movie almost than before the credits roll in the Dawn of the Dead remake? Yeah, because damn, yeah. <laughs> the I'm a little tired of the scary little girl, but yeah, yeah. But man, yeah, even the, the overhead shots. Yeah, oh, yeah, like the stunt girl that like fell into that tub at the beginning. Holy crap! I don't see how she didn't like kill herself. Yeah, and the, the driveway part. And yeah, we didn't realize the credits hadn't rolled. Yeah, that's what's fun about yeah. it. When you don't realize the credits hadn't rolled, and the Friday the Thirteenth remake, I think maybe because of that did it. Yeah, because it was like five years later. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh my god, the credit. And when the credits were like, whoa, we yeah. just saw all that. Yeah, and the credits hadn't rolled. The movie hasn't even started yet. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, but, dude, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's good. There's some really cool music cues in the Dawn of the Dead remake, yeah. and this is from the end credits. And like I said, this had two lies before it got to this. So, uh, third time's also a charm here. One of the best songs ever, especially if you're going to go into the punk genre. This thing is great, and paying tribute to the late great Jim Carroll. This is People Who Died. <laughs> Years old, fell from the roof on East 29. Kathy was 11 when she pulled the plug. 26 reds and a bottle of wine. Bobby got leukemia, 14 years old. He looked at 65 when he died. He was a friend of mine. Up in Manhattan, flying Vietnam, bullet in the head. Bobby O'Dead on Drano on the night that he was wet. They were two more friends of mine. From a cell in the twos Judy jumped in front of a subway train Eddie got slid in the jugular vein And Eddie, I miss you more than 
basketball star, poet, hmm. rock star, a renaissance man, a true renaissance yeah, man. Right. They don't make them like that anymore. Yeah. That was the great Jim Carroll. Do yourself a favor. Go check out his catalog because that guy's got some stuff. Yeah. You need to go check it out. But uh, yeah, from the great Dawn of the Dead remake, 2004, 
I wish they'd have given me a sequel for that one. Yeah, because it was kind of cool, like, because when the song was playing during the credits, they interspersed it, because, well, at the end of the movie, some of them get away, yeah. and they're on a boat. Um, I don't want to spoil yeah. too much, but yeah. some of them get away and they're on a boat. And they get this, like, home video that's on the boat from one of the guys, yeah. and they start looking at the stuff that's in there, and they film, and they get to this island... Uh, just is all in the credits, yeah. and we were thinking like, hey, maybe they're actually doing like gonna do zombie, yeah. which was the Italian movie um, that was actually the supposed to be like the original night. Of, it's it's complicated, yeah, but it was supposed to be like um, prior to Dawn of the Dead, yeah, but in Italy. And so we were yeah. like, maybe they're gonna do a remake of Zombie, but no, they never. Oh, that'd been so great. Yeah. And they they leave a character. They leave another character really wide open who actually breaks off. Yeah. But I won't say who it is. They did actually do a Day of the Dead, but with Ving Rhames in it. But he's not the same guy. No, he's not. Ugh. And it it's not a sequel to the Dawn of the Dead remake, and it's not a remake of the original Day of the Dead. <laughs> but Ving Rhames is in it. It's so bad. I think Mina Zuvari is in yeah, it too. Yeah, she's in it too. I won't watch it. The Maybe. zombies kind of like crawl on the ceiling at one point. Yeah, you you broke that news to me. You yeah. broke my heart when you told because <laughs> I was like, hey, it's gonna be, this might be good. I was like, when I read the Ving Rhames in it, I just assumed yeah. it was a sequel, and then you said, no, it's not, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, like it's no. It has no, no connection to anything, and it's bad and it's horrible. I will, I will never watch it. But watch the Don, but watch both Don and the Dead's. If yeah. you've never seen them. I need to marathon those back to back. That'll be fun. Don't watch anything Romero after um, Day of the Dead, though. I, I can't even defend Day of the Dead honestly. I've I like the first scene. Yeah, I've and the last scene. I've rewatched Day of the Dead a number of times because I have it, and I've grown to like it for what it is. Okay. Um, I always thought it was kind of all bark and no bite. Kinda. Like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> People um, just yelling at each other for yeah. an hour and a half underground. Yeah. Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, Survival of the Dead, all pretty bad. Okay, before I get into this last part with you, Chris, which one of those three is the best? Out of the, the, yeah. the later Romero movies? Yeah, if you had to pick one. Um, <laughs> the Diary. I know you hate when I put you on the spot. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I'll the go found diary. footage zombie yeah. movie. It's oh, that's another genre, but don't get me started on foul It's the movies. easiest to watch out of them. So, okay. so speaking of easy to watch, I asked Chris to do this literally five minutes before we went on the air. Uh, for especially for someone like me, also this is helping me out. So anybody else out there, get your pens ready. <laughs> Chris is going to recommend. I said since it's Rock Strikes Ten, give me a quick top ten on modern horror films that you would recommend post two thousand. So Chris, take it away. Let's do it. Alright, these aren't in any particular order as far as, like, importance or anything. Um, but one movie that I really liked from a few years ago, I think it was 2006, it's called Slither. Have you seen Slither? No. It's oh, wait, wait, yeah, yeah, I have. Nathan Fillion? Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Nathan and that Fillion, reminded me of Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Because they're slugs. Yeah, <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, it's... It's, it's horror comedy. Yeah, it's, it's great. comedy, but it's so good. It's gory. Oh, like I said, it's, it's kind of like a remake of Night of the Creeps in yeah. a way. Yeah, good pick. Um, Great pick. Yeah. Watch Slither. James Gunn is the director of it and he's actually he directed a movie that I hate called Tromeo and Juliet. Oh yeah, that movie's yeah. pretty bad. But this one's good. And actually okay. Rob Zombie does have a cameo but you wouldn't know it if I didn't tell you. Ooh. Yeah. Rewatchability. Yeah. Okay, don't tell me. I'm going to try to find him. <laughs> um, talking about remakes... Um, I'm gonna put a remake on here, and this is not actually, those other two I mentioned. No, Ooh. it's um, Evil Dead, the Evil Dead remake. You you told me that, and I know you, man. Evil Dead is one of your favorite movies of all time, yeah. the original. Yeah. And you you're one of you're actually I don't know many people that like 
Evil Dead better versus Evil Dead 2. Evil yeah. Dead is the best of the series. I, I, I agree with you, too. Even more so than Army of Darkness, in my opinion. I agree with you. Yeah. But I don't know many people that would say that. Right. They're wrong, yeah, but right. I don't know many people that would say that. Because <laughs> well, they're completely different. We yeah. talked about horror versus horror comedy. Yeah. But, uh, you came back, like a few days after Evil Dead, you told me you saw it. And yeah. I was like, I gotta know, man. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not gonna go see this yeah. when it was announced. And you were like, it's good. I liked it. It's like not... I would go. You you said if you go see it in a theater, I'll go back and see yeah. it with you. And that to me is all I needed to hear. <laughs> I'm not going to give it a rave review, but it's it's a good movie and okay. um, it's really gory, like almost to that point of being comedic. Like the second one was so gory, it was it was comedic and it right. was intended to be. But the first one is gory too when it when, yeah. it, when it happens. But and but it was cheesy, which made it funny, but it wasn't intended to be funny. Okay. But Evil Dead, there's so much blood and gore, but the story actually makes sense and like Friday the 13th it looked like the people cared about the movie because there's a lot of uh, tips of the hat to the original Good. that if you pay attention you can see it uh, at least I'm kind of glad at least if there were and I love Bruce Campbell but I'm glad that they didn't go with Bruce you know as far as yeah. like the Ash character because yeah. I think it's done I, I think they took it as far as they could honestly yeah. Yeah. I mean especially if you were never going to make the dream Freddy versus Jason versus Ash You're right why bother? Yeah, they did that in comic book form. So just yeah, yeah, let let it be. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go to Hong Kong for this next one. Uh, this is actually remade in America, starring uh, Jessica Alba, but the original is actually pretty good. It's called The Eye. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember you saying you like fell asleep during the remake or something like that. I actually, I don't, th- I haven't seen the remake. There was another Japanese remake that, that I fell asleep. What was in the, the one movie. about the blind girl? Is that the one I'm thinking? That, of? Yeah, that's this one. Oh, so the eye. Yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to put words in your mouth, but <laughs> the eye is the Hong Kong version. I have, like I said, I haven't seen the Jessica Alba. It doesn't look very good. Okay. But the eye is about a girl that's blind from birth, and they do the surgery on her to give her vision. Mm-hmm. And she starts seeing ghosts, but she doesn't know that they're ghosts at first. Wow! And there's okay. all right, all they, right, okay. There's some really super, super scary parts in this movie. Okay, so that's, that's all I'm gonna say. All right, number seven on my list is the ruins. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually been playing on the Sci-Fi Channel a lot. It's um, it was a novel by a guy named Scott Smith. I actually okay. read it, and it's good. Yeah, okay. But um, it's basically. These kids go to a like South American ruins. Are to, they all uh, jerks? Um, actually, no. Ooh. There's actually they kind of. There's a few jerks. Some I'm sure. of them they kind of do jerky things. Yeah. But it's because they're in such a situation. Okay. I don't want to say too much about it. Okay. But they get trapped in these ruins and stuff starts to happen. Okay. Aztec kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Aztecs are. Go look up the history of Aztecs. It's scary motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Next up is a movie I really like. Um, there's some really creepy parts in this. It kind of changes gears. Kind of like we were talking about Dawn of the, or Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. How it changes gears. Um, it's called The Descent by a guy named Neil Marshall. I've seen The Descent. Yeah. The Descent is very good. And it, I remember I, w- I was referencing the Bravo Top 100 list. They went back and I think did like a Top 20 or something of yeah. stuff that's happened in the last 20 years. Yeah. They put the descent at number one. Really? Now, I would put it at number two as far as my reference for modern horror. Like I yeah. said, post two thousand. I'll see if my number one's on your list. All but right. uh, I, I was like, oh, it's really good. And man, giving in to if anyone who is even remotely claustrophobic. Good God, yeah. Man. There's one of the, like one of the hardest scenes to watch is like in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh Speaking yeah. Speaking of that, but oh. it's about a group of women. Um, this woman, her husband 
dies in a horrible accident, like in the very beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, I remember that. And too. her friends take her out to the woods to go like spelunking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And stuff happens. So <laughs> a lot of these movies, I'm going to say, stuff happens. Stuff happens. <laughs> it's creepy as shit. Yeah, no, I like the creepy. You know, the yeah. creepy is good. I like creepy better than creepy is scarier than blood and in yeah. your face. I always say, and people, and this is this is old hat, I know, but it's just like that original Halloween. Yeah. Anyone who calls the original Halloween gory is full of crap. They never, yeah, they never because it's attention. you don't you see like almost no blood. Yeah, that's the cool thing though is he makes you think that you saw it, but yeah. you didn't. It's not what you see. Yeah, it's what you don't see. Uh, next up on my list is a it's a Spanish movie actually. Um, this is well, this was remade in America as well, but this is called Rec R E C. It's a uh, it was remade as a movie called Quarantine in America. Um, I heard of that. It's it's basically it's a found footage movie, and it's basically about people. There's this um, the lead is a reporter. She's doing like this TV documentary show, and she goes with these firemen. They get a call, and she ends up trapped in this like apartment building, like the like a high rise kind of apartment building with these other people and people start getting infected with something that makes them unpleasant. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it's like I said it's all found footage. Okay. The remake Quarantine is actually almost shot for shot the same movie. I I am remembering this yeah. movie that came out a few years um, ago now. But yeah. go watch Wreck instead. Okay. I think it's a little bit better. All right. I'm going to go with a little bit of horror comedy. Okay. This next one, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Was that My one? favorite movie of the last ten years. Yeah, I mean, we 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 buy a lot of movies. We're we're like kind of like extreme couponers of like right. Blu-rays. You know, we find the deals. Yeah, and that's that that's kind of how we roll. And and I love it. Uh, do we do I have time to watch everything? No. Right. Uh, I've watched Cabin in the Woods like six times now yeah. in the last year, it's and really I good. don't do that. Yeah, that's how that, that's all I can say about it. I mean. I, I want I want everyone who's never seen it, Chris, say nothing about this movie right. other than just give it praise. But you should not know it all. Don't even read the back of the box. <laughs> Don't even look at the cover too much. Just watch it. It's a, well, all I'll say it's it's an homage to Cabin in the Woods movies, a la Evil Dead and that kind of thing. It takes the genre and twists it. That's all I'm going to say. It's it's just it's. It's Joss Whedon and uh, Drew Goddard directed it. Yeah. Joss Whedon wrote it. Yeah. So it is. I I do not use this term loosely. It's effing genius. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth, who was Thor, is in it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, All right. God. Oh, that movie <laughs> is so goddamn good. God. You okay. So think, yeah, I'll, I'll be all right. I'll right. have to watch it again. The next one is my third one from the bottom. Not bottom. The third one right, from right. on my list. Um, it's actually the oldest movie on my little list. Okay. Uh, 28 Days Later. Ah, uh, yes. Being a fan of the zombie movie genre, this yeah. is... It's inspired by zombies, but the people in this aren't zombies. They're infected. They're infected. They're alive. Exactly. But yeah. they're infected with rage, and it causes yeah. them to basically just run at people and kill them and tear them apart. Do you think that Shaun of the Dead like kind of tipped the hat to 28 Days Later? Not just because it's also British, right. but they're like, don't say the Zed word. Yeah. And that was the big thing. That was the thing about 28 Days Later. Yeah. It, I, don't well, think, I, I don't think the word zombie is used. A lot of the good zombie fiction that I've seen, they don't say zombie ever in yeah. it. So, yeah. Walking Dead, they don't say zombie yeah. ever. Um, and my quick, quick rant, one of the great films of this genre is 28 Days Later. One of the worst 
ever is 28 weeks later. You hate that movie so much. I hate it so fucking much. It's not good, but it's not terrible either. I'll do a half hour on how much I hate (laughs) that movie and why. I have many reasons, but I I won't go into them. Yeah, we'll do our movie podcast later. Yeah, let's let's make this happen at some point. I'm going to go to Korea for this next one. I like watching movies from all around the world, and Korea does some good horror movies. Um, you know, I still. You know what? I still haven't seen that. I'm ashamed that I haven't seen. And I think it's more Asian. Well, I mean, you know, right? Audition. Yeah, it's good. That's Japanese. Um, Is it as good as? Did I spoil something on your list? By the way, no. Okay, it got built up way too much. Okay, so I've heard great things about it. Yeah, it's so. good. You should definitely watch it. Okay, but don't like. Um, I already have it built up. Obviously, yeah. at this point, like the Ring for me got built up way too much for me. Yeah. The American version. Of I, the Ring. I like the Ring. I like the Ring, but I got told it was like the best, scariest thing I'd ever, I'm ever gonna see. There's some good jumps. There's some good jumps. That's the thing yeah. about it. The jumps are good. See, Ring, not... Ringu is cool too. I'm glad you showed me Ringu like yeah. around the same time. Ringu is creepy. Ring is in your face a yeah. little bit more. There you go. That's a good point. Jumps make me jump, but in the end, they're not scary. Okay, to me. Um, sorry, but anyway. You know what's the scariest jump ever? What's that? I think, honestly, yeah. seven. Sloth. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> I always jump in Creepshow in the very first story yeah. where the the, the, the father pull, his hand shoots out of the grave. Yeah. I jump every single time to this day. I love Creepshow. So good. The crate, man. Yeah. The crate. But going back to my list. Okay. Korea. Number two on my list is a movie called A Tale of Two Sisters. I know I've talked to you about it before. I don't know. If yeah, you've seen it I need yet. to see it. I've never seen it. It's yeah. a it's a ghost story. Just everything on this list I haven't seen. Please pull for me tonight, okay? okay? Please. It's a it's a ghost story, and I don't. Want, I'm not going to say anything about it. It's a little confusing on the first watch because I actually just watched it with someone recently for the first time, and they're like, "Oh, that was kind of confusing." Okay. But um, it's there's some really creepy parts in it. All right. And uh, as far as scary goes, ghost stories are what scare me more than anything else. All right. So. Yeah, because, you know, hey, we don't know. There's there's so many... There's enough stories. I mean, I don't... It can't just all be crazy-ass, you know, like phony baloney people that are saying yeah. this. I mean, there's yeah. enough stories out there to where there's got to be a little bit of merit to it. That's how I feel, yes. at least. Yeah. And the number one on my list is a movie that the tension is just phenomenal. High tension? Movie. No, it's not high tension. I like high tension, High though. tension was pretty good. I can't... I can't even compare it to the movie I want it to because yeah. it spoils the ending if yeah, I do. Right. But you know what I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah. High tension's good. What is that? A uh, Swedish? Um, French. It's French. Okay. Yeah. yeah sorry. But yeah. Watch that. Yeah. But um, what do you got? The Strangers. Oh. With Tyler. Strangers is good. Yeah. And that's the one I was going to put at number one. All right. Of the like, if Bravo should have had that at yeah. number one, it, they really should have because that's it's the unknown. Yeah, that 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 to me, you say ghosts are the scariest, and yeah. to me, the unknown is always the scariest. Yeah, like the shape in the original Halloween. Right. You don't know why he's doing it. You don't know why he does it. <laughs> right. This, one of the scariest things ever to me in a movie is in that original Halloween. Hopefully, you've seen it. Yeah. A guy gets stabbed and pinned up against the wall. Right. And as soon as he does it, he tilts his head to the side a little bit. Yeah. And he does, he tilts it backwards, and again. That, to me, is probably one of the scariest things in any movie ever. Yeah. And I mean that, because, do you, it's like, does he even know why he did it? Right. I definitely don't know why he <laughs> right. did it. Ugh. That can be done well, and that's one of the things that the remakes had such a, did horribly, was they try to explain. Yeah. 
his backstory. Where Rob Zombie's Halloween, they turn Michael Myers into a regular-ass serial killer. Yeah. Fuck that noise. <laughs> okay, go back. But The Strangers, I think, oh. it, the tension that it builds in the movie is... That's what makes it scary, is because you yeah. don't know what's about to happen, and it, you're on the edge of your seat. It it kind of goes in waves because they build and build yeah. and build and then release and then they build and build. This is why I will never, ever live in the country. <laughs> this is why because I've 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 been in these houses before. Yeah. I've stayed in these houses before. Yeah. The strangers will completely put you off on having that cozy home in the middle of nowhere it will completely ruin that for you (laughs) so if you have dreams and delusions of country grandeur do not watch the strangers (laughs) the circling of the house and oh god yeah oh the ending i was kind of okay but the content very of the time the journey to the end is what makes this movie great oh man strangers is so good so that's my list that's 10 Maybe not the best, but I think ten iconic horror movies in the last eleven years. That's pretty good with like two minutes notice. Yeah. So thank you, Chris. He yeah. did that all on his own. Thanks for providing. We had a little mini podcast here, so I hope you enjoyed this right. bonus Halloween goodie. And uh, I enjoyed it myself. So yeah. if you would like to hear us do a movie podcast, email us. You can do that at cnjradio dot com. You find the links to Rock Strikes Ten, the Facebook, the Twitter. My personal email, joey at cnjradio.com. Uh, you can also email Chris, chris at cnjradio.com. I know that's a thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, th- this is half his thing. Right. <laughs> he sh- damn it, he should have like seven emails. But Seven? Well, seven email accounts. That's what... Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I got seven on the brain. All right. Sloth, man. Yeah. Sloth. <laughs> okay. And then also, cnjradio.com is the home of the, the flagship, the wrestling house show. Get in on it. WrestleMania house show is is doing things, and it's a big deal, and you got to listen. If you're not a pro wrestling fan, we understand, but you know somebody who does, and you need to tell them. That, that's pretty much what yeah, I have to say about it. it yeah. And also the Synaptic with the great Randy Brown, a true alternative. Never missing a week. Can't say the same for me sometimes, right. but... Love you, Randy. And Chris, my partner, my best friend here, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing yet another two-parter in the span of a month. Yeah, you know I can always talk movies. Yeah. As long as you will have me. Yes. Uh, So send us money so we can do a movie podcast, so we can quit our jobs. (laughs) And I want to thank you for checking out this big Halloween two-parter in movies and music. Have a good one. See you on the next one. Have fun. Bye.